0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike and I'm Marty, and this is Two Guys, a League, and some guests. Let's get it started.
1: <laughs> said, you know, it's like he said that he kind of conceded mathematically. <laughs> He's, yes. He said it, but it's true. Like, yeah, he kind of conceded. Because I think even if he ties him in terms of wins, um, it, the... Oh, no, he's beating him in points. Is that... No, no, well, the here's first tiebreaker the th- here, is the other one. Yeah, go ahead. What what has to, Basically,
0: what has to happen is your brother has to win out. Yeah. and And the Royals need to lose both games.
1: That's the only way Joel wins?
0: Well, the reason I say that is because... Even if the Royals were to lose this week, okay, so they go to eighteen and seven, yep they're currently eighteen and six, and the let's say the apocalypse win this week right so that would be seventeen and six so in my eyes Joel has to because the only way joel Joel has to tie him and wins because it goes by wins it is, okay okay right now it, it there's only two games left and Joel's two wins down, yeah. 18 to 16 so he has to win out yeah Yeah, he has to win out the royals have to lose both that's right and and the way and the way and the way he would and he would also have to hope that he keeps his 24 point lead in regards to the amount of points he's had this year that's right which he should which he should there shouldn't be an issue there but i mean you know your dad lost the pawn Hogs last week so yeah. <laughs> anything can happen. Yeah. Man. Any anything anything can happen. The box did not so, show yeah. up last week. Holy moly. The, you know what? That was tough and age. I thought we were going to I thought we, I thought for a second there. Uh, I thought for a second. I and I'll go into a little story here oh. about the hawk ho- about the hockey gods okay. and and how it affected our Tugelag program uh uh, uh directly. So to speak. Okay. Um so anyway, yeah, okay. So your dad, we'll get into all that later. Blah blah blah. Oh, that's fuck Go we'll in and out. We'll get off. into that.
1: Welcome, folks. This is the oh, show. Okay. Here we go. Mike's got a story at the top of the uh, top of the show, we, and let's get into well, it. Well, you CFA know what? HL. We're, we're gonna start. With so CFA we're gonna jump. Jo- yeah. We,
0: exactly. We're going to check my fanny, and we're gonna pre uh, preface that with a little story here. Okay. So of course, yesterday I'm I'm writing down our show notes uh, for this week, and as I usually do, you know, I little blurb about what's going on, some big wins, some big losses so on and so forth. And of course I always tend to tend to like to write the standings. Um, so I'm going ahead and I'm doing that. And of course, in my eyes, the game between the Royals and the apocalypse was still up Mm -hmm. in the air a little bit. So put them on the first line, little slash in between those two teams. And then, and then calculating things out and stuff. And I said to myself, you know what? I got a pretty decent lead against Ryan. I think, I I, I think, Uh I think that's, I think that's good. Uh I think that's good. So, so, so I wrote down dragons, and basically, I your dad was going to have a tough go yesterday, even at the start of the game, okay. to to make to make up his uh, deficit against Jason. So, okay. I said, okay, it looks like Ron's probably not going to win his. I'm going to probably win mine, so that skips me into third overall yep. uh, instead of fourth. So I went ahead and I wrote that in, and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this. So I. So I did, so I did a little cutting and pasting, put the Bucks back in third, oh! put myself, put myself back in fourth, and I think the hockey God said, "Uh, uh, uh, we're we're gonna scare you a little bit." <laughs> yeah, because because it, it was close. Because Ryan actually was ahead of me in points, fifty to forty nine. He actually obviously got a, a point taken off at some point because he finished with forty nine. Yeah. But at one point it was fifty to forty nine for him, and I'm like fuck me <laughs> like i just you know what like with the season and 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 the christmas season that i had with my team and how things did not go well in the january yeah. i i just said i just said like are are we fucking serious here like is ryan gonna come back and beat me I... and thankfully thankfully even at 50 to 49 yeah. I was ahead of him by one because Shishirkin, Shishirkin. had one yeah. earlier in the afternoon. Yeah. So I was still ahead of him, and and his games were done. So I'm like, unless I get some stupid point correction or other garbage, <laughs> I'll end up winning it. So it's almost like the hockey gods kind of said, "Well, you know, we saw what you did there.
1: I, we're going to scare you a little bit, yeah, just a little bit." And I have to say, but at the, I have to say, quite frankly, and Scott. Mentioned it uh, in our we've we've got a group that we text back and forth and and we stay in touch in regards to everything that's going oh, on group and, chat yeah, yeah a little group chat uh, and Scott mentioned it uh, the Marty Marty hex Lafave because I I did a very good job this year <clears throat> of doing exactly that placing a hex on many different goalie or many different uh, teams but what I'm getting at is I I think it's I don't think it's just me I think it's this show I th- I think if we want to. We can place a hex on whoever we want, however we want, and it'll work. <laughs> There's a lot of power to this show, man. <laughs> about the only thing we gotta worry
0: about is if like Scott and your brother get a friggin' podcast yeah, they going start. And they <laughs> put the, They 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 do like a double hex, right? Yeah. It's like, uh no, uh, we hex we hexed your hex, you're done. That's a
1: good call. Yeah. So or if we were to do the so show you know what? again
0: with them. But until then <clears throat> until then. But until then we run the show, right? Here. It is, it is oh, that's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Hex is all over the place now. We're gonna have to get them ready over the summer. We'll get some prepared for our end of the day summer series. Bring it right into
1: the next year. Is there there, is there something that can happen? So there's two weeks left, right? Okay, so I can go to 16 and eight got it. And you guys, my dad and you would have to lose. Oh, you are playing my dad right now, right? You're playing the Bucks right uh,
0: now. Uh, no, got Joel this Joel Joel this week. Okay, and then uh, oh, that's nope, me. I, Uh, yeah, Joel Joel this week and then you
1: next week. Right. Okay. Oh no, sorry. But, it's there, Scott but there's going to be Bucks. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there is the potential where it's really going to get interesting. Not to say that I mean Scott looks like he's got a a pretty a pretty darn good stranglehold on this. Yeah um again again it can happen all all he needs is to go through just a the worst slump of his of his year yeah um it can but it can happen but i think where the really interesting part is going to be is with myself yourself and uh the dragons and the brigands and also your dad's team uh mm-hmm. the buccaneers yeah and the reason i say that is because we are sandwiched Man. together uh, standings wise, the dragon's at 15, eight and one and the bucks have the exact same record. The only reason why I'm ahead of them is because of points for, right? So that would, that would leapfrog me into third and you're sitting right there. Uh, one win behind. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, it it's, it's tight enough that if my, if I was to lose this week and your dad was to lose this week, which very well could conceivably happen seeing as I'm playing the apocalypse and, um. Uh, your dad is playing uh, Scott, the Royals. Yeah. So top two teams. So if that does happen and you win your
1: game, you leapfrog everybody. Yeah, and, and so then go from, going f- into go the last to- week, you and I for that yep. that final spot onto who decides or what. Uh, of the bottom two teams that would end up potentially that's right. changing divisions moving divisions yeah which
0: is it or if you or if you're sticking around, or if you're sticking around yeah. so it comes down to who's who's sticking around and who's going that's right yeah <laughs> that's what oh it's also and that, that's, that could be
1: something to look forward to that's also for okay so one two it's also for third place. I guess all depending oh, yeah. between the three of us. So there's there's two implications there with whatever there's happens. Fifty bucks up for grabs. Absolutely, yeah. Fifty bucks. Yeah, that's your fifty bucks. It's nothing bucks. to sneeze at. Yeah, I'll take it. I mean, that's all now. I've. That's all I'm good for. Certainly not first place. <laughs> so you know what? Like,
0: let's. We've been kind of mentioning records and everything here. So let's give it a quick rundown, real quick. Uh, Royals after last week's win over the Apocalypse widen the the lead a little bit here 18 and 6 the apocalypse at 16 and 6 and, and 2 ties uh dragons sitting in third 15 8 and 1 uh the buccaneers with the same record but with, with a few less points four so they uh fall to fourth uh fifth place is you with the brigands at 148 and 2 the cougars at six uh 616 and 2 and the demons and pawnhogs uh both with four and 20 records uh, with no ties. Uh, the reason the Demons are in seventh as opposed to eighth is again, points four, with uh, the Pawn Hogs and Jason bringing up the rear in regards to that category.
1: Yeah, and just a little nugget of information because it I it came again it came out in our group chat. Very interesting to note, uh, thirteen game winning streak would have been Scott's had it not been for uh, an interrupted moment by yours truly. One loss somewhere in there, and I do mm. I said it before and I'll say it again. I kind of wish I had lost. It would have been nice to see a thirteen game win streak just because it's so impressive. And then Joel follows that up with uh, the stat. Of uh, the longest winning streak, and lo and behold, it's uh, held by the by the brigands somehow, (laughs) with ten wins. Uh, Yet somehow, I I found a way to lose. I saw that. that I'm I'm
0: like, (laughs) I'm just like, I'm like, when did this happen? I think think it was like 2017, 2018, 2018? 2017, 2018 whatever it is i'm going to have to go back and check that out and yet i may
1: have to recheck those uh those totals there that was that may be a mis- that, was, that yeah, may be a misprint. i wouldn't be surprised uh, <laughs> that was back in the uh, scott and marty old days where we were uh, co-owners of the brigands <clears throat> and uh, uh yes. again still you know uh, 10 winning streak uh, managed to find a way to lose the championship somehow uh it, it's i swear if there was an award for for losing uh we would have we won- no one could beat us <laughs> That's a weird sentence. He, there's an award for losing, he, no you one got can it, beat us. You've got it sewn up. Yeah. There somehow. you go. Um
0: so there's a, so there's Check my Fanny. Yep. Taking care of that business, getting that out of the way.
1: But let's get right into around the boards where um so I, if you notice I'm wearing I'm wearing a little bit of of the Oiler stuff going on. Oh, you're you're wearing all oilers. It's uh, and the reason why that is we're only doing I'm only doing Oilers this week. I'm only talking about the Oilers um, for the rest of the show. It's Oilers this, Oilers that. Um, and the reason the reason the, f- the reason for I mean it's pretty obvious they've they've clinched uh, their their spot in the playoffs. They booked their tickets. Um, so currently the standings as it stands, they're going to be playing the um, the LA Kings, which honest to God, it is fine. Um, the season series is actually tilts into the Kings' favor. Uh, two two losses, one win for Edmonton, um, but their latest win comes on the back of them after the... So it was most recently, I think it was March 30th or whatever it was, that they beat the Kings uh, 2 nothing. Stuart Skinner got a, a shutout in that game. So the reason why I feel like this is important and it's certainly the timing of it, because the last... So the two wins before that, where sorry the two losses before that where they lost uh, I would suggest that the team both the Kings and the uh, the Oilers weren't completely solidified yet they they both made some movements at the trade deadline that made things a little bit better for their teams plugged some holes that cor- that kind of thing and and whatever and um, em- from Edmonton's perspective uh, a two nothing shutout against one of the most potent offenses in the league. Uh, after, again, after the trade deadline, where what did Edmonton do? They went out and got Matthias Eklum, who is going to do very, very well, for, has done very well for them uh, on the back end on defense. So to me, huge, huge win in that regard. So it kind of proves that what they did, what they went out and did, made them a better team. Edmonton has the capacity to actually shut down a high offensive team, um, a team that's it's all season long has been pretty hot. It's been. Difficult to keep the Kings down and out. They've just always found they, there was always an answer, but in this particular game, they didn't. So, and again, late in the season, well, now Edmonton is sort of in a position where since January 11th, the Oilers actually have the best team record. They're sitting at 24, 5, and 6, which is otherworldly. Um, not to be outdone, Jack Campbell uh, is 11 and 1. With a 275 goals against and a 913 save percentage while beating teams like Vegas, Tampa, and Seattle in that same span. So Campbell, I'm reluctant to say he's figured it out. But I will say those numbers are a lot nicer than his overall numbers in the season. So it's nice to see him playing better down the stretch. Because as we all know, Campbell, having a, a Campbell that has figured it out and a Skinner who's just been lights out all season long, that duo would do us very good in the playoffs obviously uh like i mentioned mateus Eklom overall is sitting at three goals eight assists in 16 games and has gone from a plus minus zero uh to a plus 18 while actually playing one minute less overall in edmonton so obviously he's enjoying edmonton doing very well in edmonton in edmonton doing a lot of good things in edmonton uh edmonton has also scored the most goals by any team this season with 306 22 ahead of the second place bruins Uh, As I mentioned, Skinner on the season, very hot. He's 25-14-5 with a 289 and 9-11. They don't necessarily scream Vesna or anything like that, but let's just, you know, temper expectations a little bit. This guy is still a rookie. um, So for him to take on this much of a load when he wasn't necessarily supposed to, Campbell came in, you know, the unquestioned number one. Uh, Skinner kind of was supposed to play backup to all this. Um, Not exactly what's happened. So it didn't exactly go as planned, but Skinner has responded very well. Uh, currently, they have played. Uh, they have 12 players with 10 or more goals. Now, this has always been an issue for Edmonton, which is secondary scoring. But currently, they have 12 players with 10 or more goals. This has not happened since 1991-92 when he had 13 players. And in that year, they were led by <laughs> Vincent Damfus with 38 goals. So that's going back a ways. So... Uh, one last thing I'll mention: overall, the team is first in goals for, power play, and shooting percentage, and second in goal differential. This team can score more than any other team they face. Period. So, I'm putting all this together, and I'm thinking, Jesus, man, we've got we've we have not looked this good in recent like probably since the last time they went to the playoffs uh, in 2006. that was the last time they actually ha- or sorry that playoffs the stanley cup finals that was the last time we had a legitimate shot at the cup because we were in the finals well this is we're not even close to the uh, the finals yet but i'm thinking this team looks amazing um i i'm not completely convinced we've got it all figured out uh but i think we've got enough figured out to make sure that we've got something to look forward to deep into the playoffs. I do I don't see any reason why this team can't go further and further and further into the playoffs. This team with, you know, McDavid and Drysdale just being who they are, the literal the literal 1 2 uh, in the world best players in the world, uh then you got the secondary scoring like I mentioned overall the only concern I would have would be Jack Campbell, um, but I I think there's a there's a shot that he has kind of figured something out. He can at least maybe keep it together long enough so that this team can actually pull together some wins. Um, again, 275 goals against, 913 save percentage, not the best numbers, but they're not terrible for a team that scores almost four goals a game. And you're you're going to save at under three, then that's a win every day. So. I don't know. As long as Campbell can continue to do what he's currently doing and carry that into the playoffs. And he got Eklum sort of solidifying the back end there, maybe taking some pressure off and Skinner doing Skinner things and the rest of them doing what they're doing. Yeah. I'm excited. You should be.
0: And, and you know what? Listen, this isn't my favorite team. This is your favorite team, but, and, and he, this is coming out of nowhere here because, you know, I'm just listening to you kind of going over everything. I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. But it's a positive rant, okay. okay? First and foremost, Edmonton, you're welcome. The moment I basically said you weren't going to make the playoffs, you guys started to start, <laughs> start playing. Don't, no. I, I just send the check. That's yeah, it. Yeah, all right. I, I, no, no issue, just send the check. We're good. <laughs> what, what do we know about this team? Okay, everybody knows huge, high-octane offense. There's really, well, listen, let, let's call it what it is. There is no other team that can go toe-to-toe with this team. Like, if that's the game that's going to be played that evening, Edmonton's winning that game, okay? Like, I don't care if Campbell or Skinner is letting in six or seven. (laughs) Fuck, the Oilers can score eight or nine. So If they have to, if they're pushed into a corner,
1: I do think that Drysdale and McDavid can do that. And Stuart Skinner.
0: Now, in my personal opinion, Skinner's your game one starter. It's not even a question. This guy's been way more consistent throughout the whole year. As for Campbell, lovely numbers coming into the new year: eleven and one, two point seven five goals against average, nineteen nine thirteen save percentage. What that says to me is this, and and you can throw that eleven and one record right out of there. Yeah. The Edmonton Oilers are going to score more than two point seven five goals against goals per game. Yeah. If he can can give me. That Campbell at is 913 save percentage, and if Skinner can give me a 289 save percentage, that's it, boys. That that right there, that right there. I don't need a 928. I don't need a 940. What I need is a 913 from Campbell and a 982, a 289, uh, or sorry, uh, 911 from Skinner. If I get that kind of save percentage from those guys with that offense, it, it's not. It's not even an issue. No. Secondly, big props to Ken Holland. We bes- we <coughs> said it last year, we <coughs> said it this year. Move that first round pick. Yeah. The, it, six years from now, nobody's gonna give a shit about who it could yeah. have been taken. It doesn't matter. No, it was it the right matter.
1: move. No, it doesn't matter. It was the right
0: move. You need you needed a horse, and, and let's call it really what it is. Uh, and this is not a slight to Ekholm. He isn't. Your, he isn't like a true horse. Do you know what I mean? Like he isn't your true, but but having said that, sorry, said sorry, that, hold on.
1: Who who is your horse? Wait. Who's a horse? Is Carlson a horse? Is that what you mean?
0: Um. Well, yeah, you want like your true one, number one guy. Okay, okay. And I mean, and I mean, arguably, you could say that Ekholm was at best the number two in Nashville, right? Behind Yossi. yeah. It, uh, now, I'm gonna I'm also gonna follow up by saying. There's a possibility we can see a Matthias Ekholm number one defenseman oh, yeah. come out of come out oh, of yeah, this. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, listen, you know the, uh, the guy still got some enough tread on the tire here that he he could he could show himself quite well as a number one defenseman. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, and 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 again, and may, maybe that's me. Let's call it. Let's call that me being nitpicky. Okay. Okay. Because I. I, I I still love moving that first-round pick for Ekholm. Yes. Per, per, perfect move. Yep, It's just me being nitpicky that he isn't kind of that 100% true number one guy. But again, not to say that that can happen, right? Secondary scoring. Oof. Yeah, fuck me. <laughs> because Because, dude, I don't know what more you want right. from your secondary scoring right now. RNH had a hundred points. Uh,
1: Hyman over 85. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, like I just don't know what more you want. Kane hasn't even
1: played a full season and he could have been right in that mix as well.
0: And, and, and and just wait till he starts to kick it up. (laughs) What what I'm kind of hoping I see from him, because let's, I don't know about you. My eye test is kind of telling me, you know, he's been a little, I got to word this properly. That was a major injury that he had. Yeah. Okay. Kind of, kind of gruesome. Mm,
1: yeah.
0: So, you know, I, I don't know what that does mentally to a hockey player. I've never been a pro hockey player and I've never gone through anything like that in my life. So I don't know what that does to one's mind. Does it take a little bit of time to get the kind of, you know, the, the, the train back onto the tracks, so to speak? Yeah, I can see that. And, and, and if it does, I guarantee you that Kane will probably get that back in the playoffs. No problem. Yeah. When that kind of intensity ramps up a little bit, like this is this is kind of you know, listen, I've 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 made my feelings known about uh, Kane before, no. to a certain degree. I don't even think he should be in the league, no. but that's a story for another day. Mm-hmm. In regards to in regards to the way he plays, he's that's a that's a player that's made for playoff hockey. Evander Kane playoff I hockey. I couldn't agree more. Go. Yeah, but,
1: like yeah. when the like, lights on, and, and, he's and, and enjoying
0: that, it. And. and that, and don't tell me that's not half the reason they went out and got him because they know they needed some Man. sandpaper. Man. They needed somebody to run around there like a chicken with their head cut off, yeah. hitting anything that moves yep. in the opposing team's color, yep. making space for McDavid. Not like, like he doesn't need any, <laughs> but <can you> imagine <laughs> it even more. But even exactly. So, yeah. so listen. W- without kind of drowning everything out that you talked about, this is, this is what we've been waiting for here. Now, as I, and again. Skinner or Campbell, whoever's in that, so it doesn't yeah. matter. They need to, they need to keep giving me the numbers that I'm seeing right now. That's it. I don't need, I don't even need 920. Just give me what you got. No, give me. And let my guys, and let my guys take care of business. And, and I can see if I get that, I can see a deep run. And, and, and when I mean deep run, I mean, we're already talking conference finals. here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like we're third round, two rounds, not a, not a question. OK, and, and and listen, they're going to go up against some good teams here, guys. Yeah, so I'm not putting a slight against any of these teams whatsoever. And I think even Marty can can admit this team, this Oilers team can be beaten in the first round by a number of teams. If things go a certain way, if the goaltending just isn't up to snuff, whatever the case. But I, I, I see this now here, like. All cylinders are firing right now. Goal goaltending's good. Acuna stabilized that defense, just, even even just by everybody placing themselves. You know, Nurse is not your number one guy; he's your number two guy mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just everybody's slotting in a little bit better. Yep. Offense, I, I, we don't even need to go there. We know we know what we got <laughs> yeah. there. Like that 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 just is. So, to summarize here. This is the best chance the Oilers have had in a long time, it, it, and and I hope that they can really take advantage of it because they really do. Like, I mean, McDavid and Drysdale are going to do what they're going to do. You finally have that, and and it's not just secondary scoring. This is elite shit. Man. No, it is. Like you got, like you like you got three players at a hundred points. Okay? <coughs> yeah, you, you got you got like what four or five players that are going to have thirty-five goals or more, and then you throw Evander Kane in there who lost time because of injury. Yeah.
1: So, you know this team. This I, I team. What, I, this is like um, this is like I'm not like a temper. I should temper myself a little bit, but I don't know if I'm going to come off a little strong on this. There, this team because of Dreisaitl, uh and and McDavid and Nuge and Hyman and what could have been with Kane had he been healthy the full season. This team reminds me of. A late '80s Oilers team, where you were going to win a cup completely. And I mean, quite frankly, a lot of teams. That's what they did back then. Offense was key. Offense was everything. That is kind of what this team is. This team is offense or bust. Let Let's be frank. They, I, I, I do think they did enough with again with Ekholm coming in and Campbell kind of start starting to figure things out. I do think there's enough on defense for them to be okay to to sort of weather a storm from whoever it is. But listen, when I say this team reminds me of an 80s Oilers team, I know that sounds like a lot. And like Marty, fucking relax there. That's a little much. But just hear me out for a second here, okay? In the league, their number one goals for per game at 3.97. Next closest is Boston with 3.65. That's not close. The next assists. They're number one in the league with four assists, which kind of makes sense. Uh, 513 versus Boston at 485. Again, not even close. Points overall? I don't know how this is figured out, but this is from ESPN's Uh, Website. They got 819 versus Bruins at 766. Not even close. But moving on. Power play goals, 85 to Ottawa Senators at number two, by the way. Good job, Ottawa Senators. 85 power play goals to 69. Not even close. Power play percentage overall, then, is 32.4 versus Colorado at 25.3. Not even fucking close. Shorthanded goals. 16 is Edmonton. 14 is Vancouver. The next up a team that's actually going to be in the playoffs that they may have to face is Carolina. They're third. They have 11 to Edmonton's 16s. Shots overall, Edmonton is actually six, but their shooting percentage is number one at 11.9. Seattle's number two with 11.3. This is all offense. This is all, they're number one across the board for offense. Then you get into defense while well, penalty killing. They're 76.1. They're near the bottom. They're at the bottom half of the of the middle pack. Shots against, again, somewhere in the middle. Um, shots on goal. Oh, God. Yeah. And then shooting percent. i not going to talk about <laughs> sh- shooting percentage. Uh, no, sorry. No, this is uh, shootout shot percentage. Oh, my God. This is surprising. They're one of the worst in the league. One, two, three, four from the bottom at 17.6. So their defense, kind of shitty. If they get backed into the corner, not going to happen. But again, no shootouts in the playoffs, so nothing to really worry about there. But my point is strong. This team is built for offense across the board. That's why I'm saying... This team reminds me of a late 80s Edmonton Oilers Cup winning team because it was all offense. There was nothing else. It was just offense. Like Fear was in nets and he was as good as he was. But let's be honest, his save percentage was under nine. So was everybody's back then. That's just the way it was. But again, my comparison, I think, holds some validity because like I just pointed out across the board, this team is nothing but offense. And I, again, I think they've got enough in Eklom, and I think they've got enough in Skinner, and I think Campbell now starting to figure things out, that's enough for them on defense to turn things around defensively at the right time. This is such an opportune time for them to figure this out heading into the playoffs. Because I'll be honest, well, if there's a team that does scare me a little bit, it's the Los Angeles Kings. Well, I mean, you know, getting those two shutouts over the weekend
0: and the fact that one came from each of them, at yeah. the very, very least, thirty-six for Campbell. That was nice. Well, confidence builder, right? Yeah. Like, listen, especially when it comes to Campbell. Like Skinner, yeah. you know, if he'd have taken a loss, okay, whatever. And you know, he's had a good season, yep. and he's been he's been getting it done. He's he's been shown some mental fortitude. Yeah. Um, as for for Campbell, we know he takes things like super emotional guy, right? Like he takes everything like completely to heart when he has a bad game. He just like, he needs to be able to kind of, you know, level that off a little bit, but I mean, good on him. Like, and, and, you know, I I can't, I just can't say enough right now in regards to the direction that things are going right now for the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, you got, you got to start saying to yourself, okay, like, yeah, okay. You know, defense starts to kind of play a little bit, a little bit more into things when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah. Now the league has really kind of tried to mitigate that, you know, with of course uh calling penalties a little bit more strict. And then that leads me into my second point, <clears throat> which is power plays.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, at five on five, I mean, the Oilers can do some damage when these two guys are on the ice, you know, whether it's on different lines, same line, you know, you're starting to throw in that secondary scoring in there. Okay. you know, Hanging around with the best of them yeah. at five on five, now you switch over to the power play. Holy fuck! Like I mean, no, but I mean that—that's where the real damage starts yeah. to come in. And and and, and yes, I'll I'll have I'll have the other side say to me, well, yeah, but what about that Oilers penalty kill? Nah. Is that going to balance things out? And and I'll give that to you. Okay, that they're going to give up some, you know, they they haven't been good in regards to the penalty kill. So yeah, they're going to give some up there too to some of these good teams are going to face in the playoffs. But I mean
1: hell, I mean dude, I just found a really cool stat and you're going to be upset. Oh. <laughs> so the Montreal How Canadians, going to be. Well, the Montreal Canadians have the best power play percentage by a team in a season in history at 31.9% in 7778. Guess who's about and to beat I think it? the Oilers are at like 32.4. The Oilers are at like <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so we need to go like an offer. For of no,
0: we need we to go like an offer for higher.
1: Now it's gonna go higher. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But I, look, I mean,
0: I I'll, I'll finish off with this whole Edmonton Oilers mm-hmm. love in here mm-hmm. by saying they're in the best spot that they've, they've ever been in. Yeah. I hope they can take advantage of it, Um Marty. Uh, again, I say that you know, good goaltending for ten days can beat any hockey team. True. So. Suffice it to say, we'll see what happens here. Who they're going up against, yeah. but that's a formidable offense. That's going to be hard to, to, uh you know, to, to to keep in control. And then again, you start throwing power plays in there because, look, you just got to think about McDavid and his speed. Yeah. Like just him going down w- one flank or the other, he's getting you know, in, you know, five times
1: out of ten, he's going to get some sort of a call, right? Yes. And so so, it was like, I'm just saying like, I mean, last night I saw, well, I saw it this morning. I saw the highlight this morning. He he was, I believe it was last night's game. Anyways, he was skating. He had stolen the puck. It was a power play. This is a shorthanded goal. He stole the puck. And as he made it to the blue line, he had enough time to, by the time he was at the blue line, he looked behind him, realized he was, it sped up enough to get away from everyone, slowed down, Did his dipsy doodle and scored the puck, and then the defenseman showed came into camp. Like it just goes to show you that. And this is what I. This is what it's not even fair. It's not. It's just he's a cheat code, and he has been his entire career. But what's been the most impressive thing for me by far is that every year we talk about him, he has really gotten better every year. Like this is the best season he's ever had. And same thing with Sidle, but like. This is nuts to say that Connor McDavid had not been this good yet. Yet every year all we do is talk about Connor McDavid and how good he is. I mean, how does he, he keep finding another gear?
0: He's just like Crosby. I mean, way back in the day, right? Yeah. Crosby, oh, he's not so he's not so great on face-offs. Well, he comes back the following yeah. year. He's like champion in face-offs. Absolutely. So uh, and so fast forward to McDavid, right? Like, I mean, what's that? You I I don't score enough. Oh okay 60 <laughs> yeah. goal like it's just l- listen th- this this guy it's it's as oh, he, he wants you know uh, it's as i, he I, I wants. need to be more f- i i need to be more physical he's gonna put up a hundred more hits the there next you go year. like w- w- whatever it what is do you want? What whatever do you want? like it, and and he's just gonna go and take three months to figure it out and yeah. he's gonna come back and he's gonna fucking be the best the in that category everybody else in that category yeah, exactly so it's... It, so it's just <laughs> cheat code for sure like obviously. And then you throw in dry settle in there. Look oh look. man. I mean, it uh, again, again, if they, if they get, and this is the last thing I'll say on the <laughs> Oilers, if, if they get the goaltending that Marty mentioned from both of these goaltenders, and that is a nine eleven save percentage, 2.89 goals against average for Skinner. And as for Campbell, you're looking at 2.75 goals against average and a nine thirteen save percentage uh this is since january 11th i believe um so if i'm getting that from those guys and i'm getting this relatively the same type of offense you can almost kind of say okay they're going to you know be down by about a goal maybe half a goal maybe, yeah. per game because of because of playoff hockey yeah we should be talk we should be marty talking about conference finals and that's not even thinking about it yeah you're right I agree. We'll see where we're we'll see where we're at at that point. Who are we up against? Any injuries? What's going on? Yeah. How is the goaltending been? That's that kind of but, man. But, that's but a big what's important. With, but with what I'm seeing in front of me and the numbers that I have, and the info that I've got, we're looking at conference finals right now for
1: your Edmonton Oilers. And you, you hit the nail on the head there. If they can avoid some sort of injury, specifically to Skinner, um, then things are fine. But if Skinner get, ends up in some sort of injury situation where, <laughs> like, I can see Woodcroft actually leaning on Skinner even though he's injured kind of thing, right? Just to get them through the round, whatever round they're in. Um, if they have to lean too heavily on Campbell, that is that is where I get a little concerned. I'll talk about that later on the uh, Beauties and the Beast. But like you said, that's enough of the Oilers. That's enough. We've heard enough. We Everybody's are off
0: to, Florida. we are off to the Sunshine State, baby. Yeah, that's right. We're going to talk about the Florida Panthers. All right. Now, let's hear it. look. As for Florida, it's been a little bit of a weird year. Like, yeah, I wrote them off. Even, even I, even I'd say about a month ago, we're kind of sitting there saying, "Well, as a Habs fan, I'm sitting there saying, Okay, what, uh, what? Let's see, where are our two lottery picks going to fit here?'" Yeah. And I, I will say, as a Habs fan, I'm not liking this at all. No. Okay? At, at all. <laughs> Don't want them making the playoffs. Want a shot at getting these high picks. Yeah. Having said that, the Panthers are on pretty good run here lately, man. Kind of. I mean, in, in, in their last 10, it doesn't sound so great. In their last 10, they're 6-4. and four, So nothing like, you know, they're not like 8-2 and two or 9-1, and one, whatever. Mm-hmm. They are on a three-game winning streak right now, though. Yeah. And, and what concerns me, if I'm any other team making the playoffs, because again, all you need is that hot goaltender and if things just start going your way at the right time. And that's kind of what I'm con- concerned with as a Habs fan, as a hockey fan, great to see for Florida and Florida's fans. I think they're really starting to figure it out here. Because listen, you got to remember, like I've written it down here, I think they're rediscovering themselves. From coaching changes, Quenville, Brunei, to now Paul Maurice this year, you had that influx of players during last year's push all in. And then, you, of course, you have the exodus of those players. And then what I'm trying to say is, is that a lot of moving pieces over, say, the last eight to 12 months for this team in, out, Giroux comes in, goes out, Sherrod in, out. Yeah. So you just lots coming. So. To me, from the start of the year till now, they've really kind of taken that time to start really figuring, okay, this is where my role is. This is where everything's kind of settling now here. And I'll tell you what. I got to say, this may be a bit of a scary team getting to the playoffs if Bobrovsky can be somewhat like Bobrovsky should be.
1: Yeah, and
0: that's gonna that's that's gonna be the big big question here with this team, folks, because I'll I'll tell you what, when it comes comes to offense, these guys aren't too too bad. They're ranked eleventh in the league, uh, power play wise, twenty two point five, and they actually have the fourth ranked offense in the league at three point five one. Yep. So they're kind of in they're they're in that bunch that's underneath the Oilers there, <laughs> but. Kind of, kind of a high octane offense going on For here. For sure, yeah. Where the issues, where the issues do creep up a little bit, is in that defensive side of the game. They're ranked 27th in penalty kill at 74.6, and they're 23rd ranked defense at 3.36 goals against per game. Wow. So, I mean, the overall things don't look so bad here. And what I mean by that is they played 77 games, 39 wins, 31 losses, seven in overtime, 85 points. And Marty, as soon as I I, I know as soon as they say that 85, you're like, okay, that's where we're, we're kind of right on the cusp here. Because it's usually about that 93, 94, 95 points to, to get in. So they're re- right up against it here. They got a 552 points percentage. They're two points. Uh, sorry, 270 goals for and 259 goals against. So, like I mentioned, I think they're finally starting to figure this out a little bit here. With everything that's happened to the team over the last little while, I mean... It's a really stout offense. So you got there's not too much of an issue there. I they just need a little bit of timely goaltending. And there has been some injuries on that defense this year too, namely to, of course, Ekblad, Mr. Band Boy himself. Yeah. So if he could just stay healthy here over the course of the last few games, and if they can get themselves into the playoffs, and it's it's not looking it's not looking bad here. I mean, they're 85 points to Pittsburgh's eighty six. And Pittsburgh's got wild card too. So they're right there, both 77 games. Pittsburgh's been kind of on the other end of it. They're four and six in their last 10. So things are looking up for Florida, but they are going to need some decent goaltending. Now, going back to Bob, this guy has been out with the flu or something. There's some sort of bug going on down there. Yeah. I'm so glad we, I'm so glad we didn't put him in our other pool either. Because, oh, man, man. I, I'm like just...
1: Ugh. He's a game time decision tonight,
0: well. though. So there's but still a chance. But Sam's not for the shutout, so that's good. Yes, that's so true. that's good. Yeah. But having said that, Alex Lyon, the journeyman himself, <laughs> he has played very, very well for this team of late. The, I I didn't write any any uh, peripheral numbers, but I don't think they're like super super great. But the point is, is he's getting the wins. So he's keeping that team into the playoff hunt. They're right up against it here with uh, Pittsburgh and the Islanders. The Islanders are only at 87, so and and Florida has a game up on them. So Florida's gotten their nose right in there. And, and I'll tell you what, like they're getting some really really nice production out of out of their secondary scoring too. Like I mean, Kachuk. Like yeah. do we even need to go there? Like to, oh, like geez, dude, no. it doesn't. Like it's this guy even. solidified himself <laughs> for sure, man. Like thirty-eight goals, sixty-four assists yeah. for one hundred and two points. Like another dominant year, Barkov doing Barkov things. Yep. He's a point per game guy. Seventy-one <laughs> points in sixty-three games played. Of course, you'd love to see him kind of stay healthy for a good couple of years, two, three years in a row. It my, my, my gem. I'll call him my gem. And this guy, people are going to be all over him oh, if yeah. he's available yeah. in our, in our league. Carter Verhage, yeah, forty goals, bud. Man. 30 assists for 70. This is a 70-point guy. Yeah. This is perfect, How perfect old is, he? Ad is he, for. What is he,
1: 12 years old? 27. I think he's, tw- I think 27. he's 27. Yeah, he's
0: 27. Yeah. And and then, you know, we're talking about and defense. Well, uh, Brandon Montour. Oh, man. Holy buddy, have a have a year, son. Yeah, go ahead. Have a year. Oof. Like 14 goals, 51 assists yeah. for 65 points. Yeah. Like this is a guy. Anyway, I think this was a guy that was taken at midseason. He was le- He wasn't even drafted at entry draft.
1: He was I don't uh, think and no. And he's leading the league in or league. He's leading his team uh, time on ice at twenty four oh five too. So that goes That's to show shit. you that Eckblad, like- I think, has Falling out of favor because he's Ekblad's a minus 13, whereas Montour's a plus 8. Uh, Ekblad, when he does play, does play a lot of minutes, 23-12. But again, Montour being like, you know what? You're you're leaning you're, on the yeah, huge. You've been slotted in enough that this is this is your baby to lose now at this point. And one more, sorry, just one thing I want to mention real quick is that I mentioned yeah, that yeah. with Edmonton, they got 12 players with uh, 10 or more. Well, Florida, not to be outdone, 12 players with 11 or more. So this is a team that can score in bunches uh, up and you know, down. Kind of everywhere. Up eh? and down. It doesn't matter. So you've got a lot of players here. You've got like Montour's got 14 goals, and he's a defenseman, right? So Barkov, 20 goals in 63 games. But then you keep going through Sam Reimhardt, uh, Bennett, um, Lundell. Ekbald still somehow managed to score 12 goals. Eric Stahl's got 14 goals. Uh, Lomberg 11. Like, you know, these names are going to jump at you, but even, these are all people who know how to put the the puck in the back of the net. So,
0: even S2's got 42 S2 points. as
1: well. Yeah, 42. Yeah, that's right. Eh?
0: Lustreinen, 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 I don't know,
1: right. Etu, uh, <laughs> you, you know.
0: Uh, <laughs> that, that one we got. But but you know what? All, all that saying, and, and again, like you mentioned Bennett, he's got 40 points. I think he's been injured uh, a, a little, little bit. bit this year, though, yeah. too, if I'm, not, that, if I'm not mistaken. You're right. He's had 63 and, games, and, and, so
1: yeah.
0: And last but not least, and I know it sounds like we're going over the whole roster here, folks, but um, Gustav Forsling on yeah. the back end with four, a 40-point 40, a 40 season. I uh, our, the, point, the point is here I'm is, deep. like you yeah. said, Marty, They're kind of, if they can get a little bit of goaltending here. Yeah. Like, they're they're not in bad shape by now. No. Like, you got a third line that can score, along with your your two first lines. Yeah. Uh, Defense is nothing to sneeze at. I wouldn't sit there and say it's top five defense in the league. No, no. Like, their their top six, I wouldn't say is top five in the league. Not by a long shot, but would I go as far as saying maybe potentially in the top 10? Could maybe be sniffing around there at eleven. 12, 11, 10, something like that. But, I mean, like, it, again, if, if if Ekbag can be healthy, slots in nice. You got Montour back there, Gustav Forsling. So, you know, it starts to take shape a little bit for you here, right? You, you got Radko Gudis down there, too, can kind of, you know, police things a little bit, although he's not my favorite player by by any stretch of the means. During playoff hockey, that's kind of what you need a little bit. Somebody's going to rough, be a little bit rough and tumble. So they got a little bit of that on the back end, too. And just a as a, as an
1: interesting sneaker pick, sneaky pick here, let's say Florida makes it in. You're like, God, oh, geez, I got to fill in a last roster spot. I'm not sure to go after here. Uh, don't don't sleep on Anthony Duclair. Now he's only played 15 games this year. He only came back yeah, in March man. last year. He had 31 goals for them. So he's probably still got some rust on him, trying to figure things out, and even the coach might be trying to figure out. While well, you know, I was uh, Paul Maurice trying to figure out where does he belong exactly on this team. He'll figure it out. Uh, and again, 31 goals for him last year. So don't sleep on him because wow. he could be a sneaky pick there for Florida.
0: Exactly. And like you say, too, I mean, especially in the playoffs, right? Like yes. the intensity kind of builds up. Absolutely. And they they, they, they just find that other of their gears, even a yeah. guy like Duclair, right? But I mean, yeah. give, them a, give them just a little bit of time here. Give them to the end of the year if they can get into the playoffs. Yeah. I, I, I could see this guy doing a little bit of damage. I mean, sure. you got to remember here, every, everybody's at a full sprint, right? And this kind of guy's coming in at mm-hmm. like a light jog, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's got a little bit of catch up to That's do. That's true. But, Good point. You know, when it when it comes to the playoffs, though, I mean, Marty, you we, we played competitive competitive sports and yep. you know when it, whenever there's that big playoff game oh, or that yeah. big finals game like you know whether you had a bad night's sleep the night before whether you're coming in with the light jog and everybody else is in a full sprint it doesn't matter like he's going to figure it out and he's going to yes. come to play especially in the playoffs so yeah. and, and you know what uh i'll tell you what it, it's looking pretty decent for florida right now Nothing yeah. is finalized but the way the islanders have kind of stumbled here over the last Little i'd say bit. week week and a half or yeah. so and uh and Pittsburgh hasn't exactly been uh uh you know sh- showing their best side here so to speak no and you got Florida kind of on the other end they're doing all right here they kind of got a little bit of a little bit of a, a jump going if you will so well when you we'll look at when you're looking at
1: when you're exactly between the 3 when you're looking at the Islanders Penguins and Panthers i mean the Sabers technically mathematically still in 81 but we're going to look at New York yeah. uh the Penguins and Panthers so of the 3 right now You've got New York, who are 5 4 1. Then you got the Penguins, who are 4 6 0. And then you got Florida, who's 6 4 0. Now, right now, Florida is the only team with a winning streak, whereas the Islanders are on a losing streak. So things are going in their favor. And it's it's an opportune time for Florida to kind of leapfrog. Uh, Are they playing tonight? Uh, Vegas, Dallas. Okay, so no, but are any of them playing? So, wow no meaningful games tonight <laughs> there are none there are three games Vegas and minis sorry that is a meaningful game that might yeah. shake up things a little bit in the standings but anyways nothing of what oh, we're talking about game, now
0: big game tomorrow though big game tomorrow is Buffalo, it? At Bu- Buffalo, Buffalo at Florida Buffalo at Florida yeah man that is a big game and then and then and then Pittsburgh's at New Jersey so you got to figure that New Jersey Ooh. I mean I sh- I shouldn't say anything I mean any team can
1: win any any game there but, but Pittsburgh I mean to needs Jersey. to win that more than New Jersey does, right? New Jersey's already oh, in. Oh, yeah. Um, but yep. still, you never know. Like, I mean, these, these, there's, is there room to move for New Jersey? Uh, some, all oh, that, now Carolina's got that game in hand, too. Anyways, anyways, in terms of Florida, there's one last thing I want to say about Florida to look out for. Yes, sir. Uh, the players all voted recently on like the best player for this, that, and the other, while the most underrated player as voted by the players, Barkov, everybody unanimous, apparently. So while Barkov may not ever give you a full 82 season and he won't, um, when he does play, everybody agrees. He is highly underrated. So don't sleep on Barkov. I, he might be injured, but he'll play the next day and he'll get you five points. (laughs) No, that's not true. He's a good player. You know what? He's, he's just that guy,
0: right? like, he may give you sixty-five-ish to sixty-eight games a year. Yeah, but the guy's going to put up seventy-five points in those games, and guaranteed. it's just like, it's like, dude, can I can I hang on to him? Like, can yeah. I do it? Like, like, I know it's so tough. seventy-five it's so tough. points but, is
1: like ah, but the seventy-five points overall, like, and, and the end of the day, it's 70, it's just seventy-five. But luckily for us, it's not in terms of us. When I say it's our league. It's not 75 points that gets you the win. It's when did you get those 75 points? It was it week four? Was it week 10? Those are the weeks that matter. So for us, a 75-point player out of 63 games is a big deal because you know if he's healthy, he's going to get you those wins. And if he's injured, just sit him. That's all good. So in our and league, the last sense, thing thing
0: the sorry? last thing on the Florida Panthers, the loving is over. We need you to miss the playoffs. <laughs> As a Habs fan, Aww. we need you to miss the playoffs. Make the playoffs. So there you go. Don't. Don't listen, don't,
1: Mike. Don't. 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 <laughs> and before we head off into our beauties and the bees, we're going to take a quick little break from our sponsors
0: and we'll be right back. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Back and ready for beauties and the beast. All right. So only one beast. Can't have two
1: of them. Only one. Only one. Possible honorable mention, maybe. Oh, always. Yeah, that's true. Did you want to? I, I did mine a little bit differently. We talked about it earlier, uh, so mine will be okay. a little bit of a different uh, explanation. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know what? We're gonna save. Uh, we'll save best for last this week. Okay. So Seeing you go as first. My my co-host is back for the second week, <laughs> and we'll be able to get into all his good stuff in a second here. Right. But first, Stuart Skinner. Oh, my first my first beauty mm-hmm. coming at you, 24 year old. 46 games played, 25 wins, 14 losses, and five by overtime. Oh, a 288 boy. goals against average with a 9 save percentage. So, I think they found the guy. <laughs> now, li- listen, for all you Edmonton fans out there, we're just going to push Jack Campbell and his 5-5 five five to the side for a second. Yeah. Okay? We'll figure all that out in due time. Whether we keep him, whether we don't keep him, whether we buy him out, whatever the hell. Yeah. Whatever. Case in point, Stuart Skinner is getting the job done for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, no matter what you paid Jack Campbell, whatever your feelings are about him, Skinner's got to be your number one guy game one. End of story. Yeah. He just he was just named Rookie of the Month, uh, record of 10-1-1 with a 2.83 goals against average and a 9.08 save percentage uh, for the month of March. He is tied in 10th for wins with 25 league-wide. Um, so listen, for me the sample size is now big enough absolutely and, and 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 you know we could we could delve even deeper into it and and go over some of the teams that Skinner has beat like this guy's not not just getting cakewalk wins here like i'm i'm sure he's played against some damn good teams and had some damn good performances so uh, you you have to run with him because if you if for whatever reason, and I, I just don't understand why it would ever go this way, if you have Jack Campbell in game one, what is that T- to me that's dangerous because what are you saying to your club? Yeesh, yeah. The club, and then furthermore, Stuart Skinner himself. Dude, they th- those two guys and and Campbell, I'm sure, will tell it'll be the first one to tell you, Skinner's outplayed him pretty badly over the course of the year. We're talking full year here. Yeah. So gotta go with him. He just showed you why in the month in the, in the month of March. And again, cripple numbers, you can kind of throw those out the window a little bit when you're getting that kind of an offense. Again, yes, things will slow down a little bit with playoff hockey, but I'm sorry with the way the Oilers play and that speed. Yeah. To me, you're going to have a lot of power play opportunities and that's, we all know what they do. We all know what they do. They're going to, you know, they're going to take over first uh, ever in NHL history. If they can keep this up in regards to their will. Uh, power play. They will. So, Maybe not. Um, so, <laughs> so there you have it. Stuart Skinner is my first beauty this week. Not a bad pick. Next up will be Matt Boldy, and I got to tell you, that's a good pick too. Since Kaprizov's gone down, yeah, sixteen points in eleven games during that span. Ooh, step up, Mister. Of course, uh, of course. Whether he likes it or not, you're getting more uh, increased responsibility. With a player of of Kaprizov's ilk being out, he's on the second line. He's gotten some more power play time, pl- power play time, obviously because of the injury. And I gotta say, this guy's really starting to kind of put his fingerprints all over being part of the core of this team moving forward. You start thinking about guys like Addison on the back end, Gustafsson in net, uh, Rossi, Kaprizov, uh, Boldy. You know, some of these guys coming up here from from Iowa. Things aren't looking too too bad. They're they're a little their hands are kind of tied a little bit because of these buyouts with Parisi and, and Suter. This year and I think next, either that or the next two years even after this, but they're making the best of a bad situation here when it comes to yeah uh, the finance the financials if you will. Yeah. You know they're going to get Rossi that Rossi's going to make the move up here. This is this will be a second kind of point per game year in the AHL. so they'll move him up there. Even at worst, he you know he comes in as a third line center, yeah. possibly, and I'm keeping my hands, kind of my 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 hands crossed our fingers crossed here for uh, for Rossi as a second line, but when it comes to Boldy, he is definitely taking the reins here since Kaprizov's injury, and I I think a lot of a lot of people were looking forward to that and and to see what he could do with that time because you know he he was doing fairly well even while Kaprizov yeah. was around here. And, and he's kind of gone off on a tear a little bit here, especially in regards to a goal scoring uh, over the last little bit here. So, you know what, Matt Boldy, my number two uh, beauty this week. Well done. Number three is again he, he just kind of a—he's a little gem, I think. I, like this is definitely the type of guy I look for. You know, he kind of sitting in the weeds, that fourth, fifth round, especially in our in our entry draft. And I'm talking about Carter haggy oh. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like we're, we talked about Barkov being the most underrated player league wide. Yeah. I don't know if you can find a more underrated 40 goal man league wide. Good point. Like. Very good point. Like that's the, that's the quietest 40 goal season I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and, 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 and he was dropped at mid in our pool. Your dad picked him up. Who I dropped him? I think them? Scott let him go. Really? I think Scott, but I'm not a hundred percent. And the only reason I think it's Scott is because I wanted him and I think Scott snagged him from me. I think wow. 100% who I have to go back and check that out. But right. either way, Bray has had a great second half, man. So your dad has definitely taken advantage of that. He's one of the best plays in fantasy hockey. Yeah. Uh, value wise, value wise. Yeah. Again, this is that type of guy, maybe not so much anymore after a 40 goal season, yeah. but I can tell you right now, I, I think it was like fifth, maybe even sixth round. He's kind of rating, right rating right that mushy middle of rounds there where you know that's where you kind of find those guys that'll that'll kind of push you over the top, so to speak. yeah I mean he he, comp- he complements Barkov pretty well. and the thing that scares me a little bit about Verhagi, he's got a, f- a 70 point season, 40 goals, and the guy doesn't even play 18 minutes a night
1: 1735. And, Holy crap and, and
0: and 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 hardly hardly any of that is on the power play. Like this guy, I don't think gets very much power play time at all. Well, I, his I, numbers I, I, don't I'm suggest it sure, does. I'm sure there, I'm sure there there is like some actual time he spends on the power play, but it is it is inconsequential. Like he doesn't, he's not really big with power play time. He's got so thirteen, he's got 13
1: you, points on the power play, seven goals, six assists. So obviously his numbers are not coming from the power play. <laughs> like
0: that's that's 70-13? So he, that's fifty seven points at five on five, or potentially a couple of shorthanded, whatever, maybe. But either, either way, I mean, this is definitely a sweet, a sweet value play for sure. Yeah. I mean, in the last ten games, the guy's got thirteen points. So, I mean, if again, if he can ever get, if if he could get on that power play, one kind of like kind of like Nick Ehlers, if Nick ah. Ehlers could get on that power play, those two guys, that's true. Eh? Those two guys could really go off in regards to the next next level production if they could get into those spots. But hey. I mean, after 40 goals, you got to figure the guy's probably going to get a look, right? So anyway, Carter Verhaegh, number three, beauty this week, my beast. Oof. Oh yeah, bud. We're talking. Not surprised. Bo, Bo Horvat. Not surprised. Bo surprise. Horvat. No, and you know what? If I'm not mistaken, you did say something to this tune a little bit. Yeah. Um, w- when this went down. So okay, let's let's get into it a little bit here. Mm. So, in Vancouver. He had 54 points in 49 games. So kind of five points healthy above point per game, right? Mm -hmm. He's had 11 and 25 with the the Islanders. (laughs) Welcome back to earth. So (laughs) yeah, man, like he's had 11 points in 24 games in the month of February and March. Yikes, bud. (laughs) Now now listen, (laughs) listen. Since the Matt Barzal injury, he's only had seven points in 19 games. So... I get it to that standpoint, but you know what, dude? Like your team's counting on you, man, to, for like playoff hockey here. Like you're right in the thick of it, and because of the fact that you've basically done nothing for two months, yeah, your team your, your team is way way closer to fighting for a spot than they should be. Yeah, like and the Islanders the Islanders had a little bit of a cushion here. Yeah, and Florida's really gone on a run and kind of kind of made this something here. Made this into a bit of a race. And then, of course, Pittsburgh still hangs around, right? Sure, yeah. So, so I mean, it, it's definitely been a tale of two seasons for uh, for Bo, Bo Horvat. And this the is Islander kind of, season has not gone well. This is kind of I what I say was least. saying
1: when the trade happened, though, was that Bo Horvat's only as good as his surrounding player. He's not a playmaker. He's not the guy that you turn to and say, all right, make it happen. He's the guy who you can count on after doing the work that he'll put the puck in the net for you. So he's a snipe. And I wouldn't even say that necessarily because he's not exactly a 50 goal scorer either. But he's a guy who can bury the puck or he can finish the job kind of thing. But he's not the one to lead the charge. Like a Barzal can actually carry the play and make it happen for him. But you take those kinds of because when Horvat was there in Vancouver, he was surrounded with some top tier talent, and, and Pedersen was having quite the year, and he still is. Like it goes to show you that Pedersen doesn't matter who's around him; he'll still make sure that he's going to produce, and the people around him are going to produce as well. Uh, Quinton Hughes as well. So like you take that out of the equation, you put him and you put Horvat as sort of the center of attention. But so, sorry, not center of attention because again, it's always Barzal's team. But like you've got and you got another player with the exact same pedigree in Brock Nelson. So you, you've got two guys who are just sort of standing there looking at each other. Well, you do it. Well, no, you do it. No, you do it. That's what I think in my mind. Like they're just standing there looking at each other. Well, I don't want it. You go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna stay here. You go do it. And that's they, that's why they miss Barzal because Barzal's the guy who's like, ah, shut up. I'll go do it and just stay right here. I'll bring you the puck. And that's the kind of thing that's, that, and that's why it doesn't work for Horvat. It doesn't like well, and the, teams the should...
0: distributor, right? Yeah. Like he's the distributor. So he's kind of yeah. like, you know, the pass happy guy and kind of, yeah. you know, if he can get a couple of snipe snipes on his line, you're good to go. That's right. And, and that's kind of what, and that's kind of what Horvat was, right? Yeah. Like he's a bit of an overall guy, but he can, he can snipe with, with some of the best. So yeah. I mean, and, and he's shown, he's shown that this year, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, and, and, to your point about Pedersen, I mean, look how he kind of turned uh, uh, JT oh, Miller's yeah. season around a little bit here. I know, I know, talk it has a lot to do with that too, there, but yep. I mean, certainly doesn't. But uh, Pedersen never slowed down. Horvat left, yeah, exactly, Pedersen never really exactly. slowed down.
1: So just to show you that the difference right there, like again, it, and it's kind of because uh, you and I were talking about at one point between Kachuk and Gujo and a couple shows ago, where like when they were in Calgary, everyone was like, "Wow, Gujo really did a lot with with Kachuk's career." But now you're kind of seeing, like, now I think maybe it was Kachuk who was actually doing something for Gujo's career because look at the situations right now. Like, Gujo's still a great player, but he's not, he's having a much harder time with the people who's who's around him. Whereas Kachuk didn't even miss a step. In fact, made a couple players around him even better. So, same concept here with Bo Horvat. He's not that kind of player where they read up with him as well, too, right? When he went there, they signed for seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What was it? It was yeah, I think it was seven years, wasn't it? Yeah, so it, it was. It was a it was, was a big right contract, before, seven or eight years. And it was right before he played a single shift. I remember because that that pissed yep. me off. Like, why are you going to sign a guy who's you can't even lean on him, and he hasn't even played a single shift? You're going to sign him to seven years. That doesn't make any sense. And yet here we are. Oh, surprise, surprise. He's not actually that great of a player, as it turns out. Sorry, but well, yeah. inch. Buckle, buckle up, Isles fans. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Keep him. All right, so here's my beauties and the beast. You're up, buddy. Very well done. And So now, like I said, uh, my beauties and the beast are a little bit different. So I'm, I'm titling this one a little bit different. Beauties and the beast. How the West was one Oilers edition. This okay. is how we will win the cup. Essentially, these are there are three beauties to how they will win the cup, and there's one beast that will potentially stop them. So first and foremost, surprise, surprise, it's McDavid and Drysaddle. So I'm just gonna go over some numbers. 266 points between them so far, 112 of those are goals, 154 of those are assists, they're a plus 23, they're both 50 goal scorers, this is their best season ever, each, individually, excuse me, that's a big old burp right there, they have never looked better, more in control, more capable than they, than they do this year, no one can outplay them, Bar none, they have both the ability to will the puck into the net, which is a huge thing. We've always talked about that. They are unquestionably the top one, two players in the world. There is no debating that as far as I'm concerned. Of course, there's always a debate, but (laughs) for another day. This is the best shot at winning a cup that we've had since, like I mentioned 2006, when we actually made it to the finals and we didn't have anyone close to these two at all. Trust me. I looked, it was pathetic. I know captain Canada was on that team. But I think he scored 34 goals, 66 points. This is not even close. And in Nets, we didn't have anybody in Nets. We had an, a sub 900 save percentage as a team. We had four different goalies that year. So we actually have a better goalie think, situation this year than we did back then. I think Dwayne Rollison was your Dwayne Rollison was one of them. Uh, UC Markenham was another one. And I think one. he got in. He- yeah, he got injured in like the first or second game. Something like the that, yeah. yeah. And the then Markkinen came in, yeah. The thing that we did have then that we don't have now was a Chris Pronger. That, that is a big difference maker because Chris as awesome as he is, uh, unfortunately we didn't win the cup obviously, but he came in and really made a, a big difference for that Oilers team. But all that aside, uh, I will gladly trade one Chris Pronger for two of a McD- McDavid and Dreisaitl. So, <laughs> that's good. Um, hmm. <laughs> so that's Recipe number one. Recipe number two, Ryan Nugent-Hopman and Zach Hyman. Essentially secondary oh, scoring, but it's going to revolve around these two guys. So, again, similar numbers. 201 points together, 69 goals, 132 assists, and a plus 19. They're both 35-goal scores. Hyman's currently at 34, but he'll get there. Don't worry. This again, this is going to sound like a broken record. This is their best season ever. They have never looked better, more in control, more capable than they do this year. We have ample secondary scoring, and they appear more ready than ever to prove that. And that with those two playing as incredibly, incredibly other, how do I say this properly? They're at a, they're, they themselves have brought out another gear. That I don't, I, I didn't, not that I didn't think they had it in them, but this only just solidifies the fact of like, this is why we re signed Nuge. This is why we went out and we got Hyman was to play this kind of hockey. Two 35 plus goal scorers as secondary scores. Nuge could lead more than half of the team in points alone just with him. So the fact that we've got that in the secondary role is disgusting. We have a plethora of of secondary scoring like we've never had before. Like I said, 12 players with 10 or more goals, which we have not had since 05-06. We've had two years between then and now of 11 uh, uh, players with 10 or more. But besides that, it's all like nine or six. We had a couple of years where we only had four players with 10 or more, like some really, really lean years back then. But this we have not looked this good in way too long, so I'm very happy. But they are absolutely one of the secrets to our success to winning the cup. When looking over some of the point totals here, yeah, there's a pretty decent drop off after
0: Hyman. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like when when you got two lines, and I mean usually you got what like Drysaitl and Nuge tend to be yeah. on the same line most of the time. You got Hyman with McDavid. Yeah, like
1: that's scary. Yeah. You, you, that's, it's four elite players, Marty. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, perfect for elite and, 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 players. And you
0: know what? And if and, and and if somebody wants to argue with me and say, okay, well, Hyman's not an elite player. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that he's not an elite player. But how about an elite point producer?
1: At the very least. At least, yeah. at least
0: this year. At least this year. Like you know, and and we're not talking about a guy who's getting like all goals and no. He's got thirty-four goals, so he's a thirty-five goal score in the nhl yeah like the best league in the world mm-hmm. I- i'm sorry that's something to me that's a lot 40 46 assists like the, this guy's getting the job done 246 assists on net
1: holy jeez yeah
0: i mean 26 points on the power play 15 goals on the power play like and and marty the best thing about his game is he brings you The now I will say dry Drysdale can give you those intangibles as well, kind of sitting in front of the net, tipping pucks and all that kind of stuff, creating havoc. But let's call it what it is. Hyman is Hyman's that guy. Yeah, Hyman is that guy. Yeah, like out of those thirty-four goals, I bet you like twenty-five of them are like within the yeah within three feet three feet feet of the net. Yeah, 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 exactly. So so you know what? And 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 again, we're gonna repeat ourselves a little bit here uh, with uh, with the Oilers. But I mean, I, I I just you have to have two in my eyes. You have to have two d- defensively conscious players, and I'm talking about forwards. Yeah, to to be able to start to uh, you know balance that out or mitigate that that advantage. And 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 Marty, even then, and let, let let's 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 talk about the the number one guy. Like let's talk about Patrice <laughs> Bergeron. Okay, so oh, Patrice okay. Bergeron. Okay, and and let's Oof. let's even go back a little bit and go into his prime, right? Yeah. Let's go a little bit more prime, Patrice Bergeron, dude. That's a lot to handle.
1: It is. It's a and, little too and, much,
0: even even in your prime. Like that is a lot to handle, man. Yeah. So it, it again, if they can get a small little extra push from some of that bottom six, and don't forget here, Evander Kane. Yeah. 27 points, 27 points in 36 games.
1: 15 goals. 15 goals yeah. in those
0: 36 games. Sleeper. So let's just, you know, if we can get a nice little swell from that bottom six, get a nice little chipping goal here. You know, maybe a McLeod gets one one night or Yamamoto can pot one. Yeah. You know, maybe Fogle, get, Fogle gets you a nice little uh, insurance goal one night. If you can start to get a little bit from those guys, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nuge, Hyman, they'll be there. Like, they'll be there. I'm not saying they're going to have five points a night, but they'll be there. They're they're going to get theirs. Yeah. If they can get a little extra from from the rest of them,
1: we 're well on our way here like- what i what I like about this year over other years though is the fact that as an example and i 'm just sticking with Ryan Nugent and Zach Hyman here they 're both playing twenty minutes a game right now in the regular season when I watch them play though they 're twenty minutes they don 't ever seem like they 're really getting tired of things or they still come off like they 've got tons of energy. These kids are still actually relatively young too, so what i 'm getting at is come the playoffs like um Connor McDavid currently playing 22 and a half minutes right now per game. Come playoff time, McDavid, <clears throat> McDavid, Dreissel, Hopkins and uh and Hyman are all going to be playing 20 like more minutes than they're currently playing. I I I go I'd go as far as saying 22 minutes a game for each one of those four. If you're not getting the balance scoring from your Fogels, your Yamamoto's or your McLeod's or whoever else it is, then you know what? You play those players a little bit more because they appear to have it in them this year. There appears to be a little bit more jump in their in their skate this year for whatever reason. I think they all really feel like this is the one. This is, And I think they're excited about this year. And I think specifically Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman, Will come through as heroes on more than one game this year. I, it's. I don't think that's even a bold prediction at this point because they've been already been doing it all season long. I think this is just part of the expectation going into the playoffs that these two guys are actually going to be part of the hero package that we've got. That once, <laughs> once McDavid and Drysler are all done scoring their three, four goals in the game, well, then you throw in your Nuge and Hop, your Nuge and your Hyman who are going to score their own three or four games or goals per game. You don't really need anybody. I'm not saying three goals per game is actually going to happen. I'm just saying you don't really need that much more because these guys are going to have that extra jump in their step every single game. I, I, I'm not even concerned if the rest of these guys, all these other guys who scored 10-plus goals, I think they're just going to be insurance. You're not going to need it because every game, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hodge, and uh, Hyman, they're coming to shut you out every single game they're going to come out way too fast it's going to be impossible i know that the west is the west is not necessarily considered versus the east right the east is the beast that's what everyone's talking about this year and the west is like they still got some good teams vegas is silver i'm i'm still worried about los angeles but in funny enough i'm more worried about los angeles than i am of like colorado as an example i don't know what it is i don't feel it this year for Colorado. I don't know why, but I don't feel like they're going to be able to defend anywhere near uh what what they should for for a Stanley Cup champion from last year. I don't see it. I don't see it in their game this year. I don't feel the intensity. I don't feel the the sense of urgency. I don't feel like they have anything to prove. It's just there's not there's nothing there whereas Edmonton has a lot to prove and that
0: makes it more dangerous. And it and very well could. Like, I'm certainly not gonna count uh Colorado out, and especially with Landiscott <laughs> coming back to uh coming back for the playoffs, I think that's gonna be a problem. A little... I think that's a problem uh, for them. Uh, he hasn't uh, played uh, all listen, season. I'm I I I'm not saying that it's gonna go well. Like I mean you know, he could be ready to go game one and listen, you're kind of upsetting the apple cart a little bit here in regards yep. to you you gotta slot him in. Well, somebody's gotta go down. So now you're starting to move around a player per line here. So Listen, There's no time I'm, to figure I'm sure, it out. I'm just just not going to count them out. That's all. That, that, that's fair. I can't that count out fair. Th- those out. I can't that's count th- those out. But what I did want to say, lastly, about the Oilers, you know, you mentioned that they're all basically playing 20 minutes. The only guy that's not technically playing 20 is, uh, believe it or not, I think is Nuge at
1: 19. Nuge at 19, yeah. But,
0: but, but, but let's call it what it is. It's t- all four of them are 20 minutes, right? Yeah. My point is, is that if they're playing 20 minutes in the regular season and, like, you just previously mentioned there's going to easily easily be a minute and a half to two minutes more probably for each of them okay maybe not all of them maybe not all of them but let's let's pump it up about at least a minute yeah right if you're the opposing team (laughs) it just feels like between McDavid Dreisaitl Hyman and Nugent Hopkins not a fucking guy goes off the ice there's no break there's no break if it's not one it's the other if it's not one it's the other if it's not one it's the other it's just like (laughs) It's just endless, right? So, <coughs> I, again, I, I know I'm repeating myself endlessly here, but the Edmonton Oilers are in the best spot they could Prime. be in. Prime. that
1: in, 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 in the McDavid era. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Period. Good call. Good call. Because that's exactly what this is. And that's why it's important that they win now, because it is the McDavid era, and they need to do mm-hmm. something. Um, and if, 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 for whatever reason... There's no scoring. It's a low-scoring game. Game uh, Edmonton only scored three goals this game. It's low scoring. <laughs> They've only scored three. Don't worry. My other beauty is Ekholm and Skinner. This duo will be relied upon to keep things under control. Trust me. Look to Ekholm to log ridiculous minutes. Look to Skinner to be the man, and that's the whole way through. But make room for Campbell if something appears off for Skinner. I'm not saying he has a short leash. But it isn't exactly long either. Given the way Campbell is finally playing at 11 and 1 with the 275 and 913 stat since January 11th, means Oilers finally have a reason to lean on Campbell somewhat. With Ekholm and Skinner, it's as good a duo as you can hope for defensive core in an Edmonton Oiler jersey. This is as good as defensively as they can get. I can see Ekholm getting like pushing 25, 26, 27 minutes a la uh, Niedermeyer kind of thing. When Niedermeyer was like at the peak and everyone trusted him and he was a phenomenal defenseman for Anaheim uh, and New Jersey when they won their cups, he was logging like 28 minutes a night. This is what Eckholm could be for the Oilers if they need him to be. Because again, if Oilers come out flat and they've only scored three goals, um, you're going to need to shut it down because... You know, Skinner has the potential of letting in three goals. Well, if you've got Ekholm in front of him, making sure and sort of calling the plays and being the quarterback, well, then that's not going to happen, or your chances are less likely, I should say. So those two, another reason why, if if those two can actually be what what I think they could be, then they're the other reason. So those three reasons: McDavid and Drysdale, Nuge and Hyman, and Skinner and and uh, Ekholm. Those are your three. That's your path to a Stanley Cup, right there. Those three. You know what? I got to say here. Do you think
0: Matthias Ekholm was loving life as an Edmonton man? Uh Yes. Yes. S- Very much. 16 games, 11 points, eh? Yeah. Like, this guy, he's, <laughs> he's happy. hes I mean, the guy, it, it, am I right here? Is he a plus 18? Yeah.
1: <laughs> he was a neutral in Nashville. He's now plus 18. Like, obviously, Holy he's happy. Goodiva. Like, and that's the thing. Like, he's his minutes have also gone up. He was, I believe, I want to say he was at 21. What's he with us now, right? I can't find him. Where is he? Where is he? And I
0: believe, and the the other thing that's interesting is I believe he signed past this year. At home. There he is. Uh, I believe 2058.
1: Basically the same. Uh, past, yes, he's got three years, I believe. His contract is, well, I think this this is his third year. So he's got. Oh he's yeah. Playing, and, and sorry he's playing one minute less in Edmonton. <laughs> That's true. He is
0: signed this year, next year, yeah. the year after and the year after that. So there he's signed is, up yeah, to and including Oof. 25, 26. Oh, That's I'm a uh, that, man, that my nipples just fired. I I I double down on that uh, <laughs> on that first round pick for sure. Double down on yeah, that, yeah, man. Absolutely. You got what a for, you got a great trade, eh?
1: Uh, hey? Holy crap.
0: Well another 3 years after this and the, the real kicker is that it's only 6 million bud just ah, wait he oh, he, he man, that, that contract is going to holy that God. contract's going to age like a fine wine absolutely cuz he's cuz he's exactly and you know what I, he, the other thing about him he he can be physical but he, can, he yeah. um how how i put him kind of in the, kind of in the same uh uh stratosphere in regards to the way he plays like he's very efficient you know what I mean?
1: Yes. And uh, he's you know, you, about, you heard that yeah. about
0: Ryan Suter a lot. Like he's able to log a lot of minutes. Yeah. But he it's not it's like he doesn't get tired. So I don't know. Good good pick. Good pick. Anyway. He and
1: on. and to be fair, he actually this is a rare uh quote you can find from people. He absolutely loves it in Edmonton. The weather is actually it says apparently reminds him of home. His family loves it. Um so this is one of those rare instances instances where uh, the player and the city of Edmonton actually go very well together. So I'm happy for him, I'm happy. His family loves it there too. So, it, and honestly, again, with this contract, with the remaining years, um, it's exciting to think of what they'll do next year too. But you know, this is the year as far as I'm concerned, this well, is it, the year.
0: And and you know what, like I'm, I'm kind of taking a closer look at things here in regards to Ekholm and Like aside from the fact he signed for another three years after this at 6 million per, he can play the left and the right side um, as per cap cap friendly, which comes in quite nice. And believe it or not, Brett Kulak can as well. So that can kind of help out. That can kind of help out a little bit there too. But it's just like, I mean, he's only 32 and I don't, I don't know his actual birth date, but let's just say for the sake of saying at most, he'd be 36 when this contract's done. You know, I could see maybe that 30 year 36 not being so great, but I, I could see him doing quite well here, obviously, this year and the next two years for sure. For sure, like I don't think there's going to be an issue there, and you know, he's going to age pretty well, I think. Yeah, we'll see what that last year is like, but I don't know, man. I, 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 again, I got to double down on that first round pick for sure. That well, was a really yeah. good
1: move. Well done, Ken Holland uh job, and my beast the only reason why we might actually lose this shit is because of one jack campbell <laughs> yes. and now this could be because of his play or this could be because he's not playing because we can't trust him because skinner's hurt but it doesn't matter because campbell when we did put you in you let him five goals on two shots so we can't put you in so this is to me the main reason because we won't have the goalie depth that we need just in case Skinner can't, because let's be Frank here. It was supposed to be Campbell's job to lose come playoff time. Campbell is definitely supposed to be a hell of a lot better than he's been this year. And part of the reason why we've got to lean so heavily on Skinner, which in my opinion is too early. I would, I don't want to lean on Skinner the way we have to lean on Skinner. And it's because of Campbell. So I think that's gonna come. That has the potential to come back and bite us in the ass come playoff time, because Skinner is not necessarily prepared for this. He might be, but he it's in terms of like I'm reading it on a sheet of paper. While Skinner's never been in this position before, he's still a rookie. Then no, I don't like this. This isn't a good idea. This you don't throw a rookie in a gauntlet and expect great things to happen. Very rarely does it happen. Mike, I think you can remember the last time this actually worked out pretty good because the Canadians are pretty good for that sort of thing, but this is definitely not Ken Dryden. This is definitely not Patrick Watt. This is Stuart Skinner. Let's be realistic here. His numbers aren't that great. They're good. He deserves to be the starter, but it's because Jack Campbell's numbers are so friggin' awful. If Campbell was playing better, regardless of Skinner's numbers this year, Campbell would still be the starter. But Campbell is a horrible goalie this year. Now, again, he's been playing better lately. There's hope. And the reason why I say it's still Skinner's to lose, but there's still hope, Campbell could be leaned on just based solely on his record since January 11th. He's looked that much better. But make no mistake, there's no faith in that. Skinner's going to have to go down with an injury, or he's going to have to let in five goals on two shots. It's one or the other. That, and, he's gonna, and Skinner's going to have to do it on multiple nights, too. Not just one night, because if you lose, you know, five to two one night, you're coming back with Skinner anyways. And I swear to God, if, if Woodcroft starts doing a 1A, 1B thing, uh, then, I, then I'm pointing the finger at Woodcroft. You've got to stick with Skinner the whole way through until, until you're pushed in so far into a corner that you don't have a choice. Might as well put in the guy that we're overpaying. Then we'll put in Campbell. Fine. But this is the scenario as to why, I mean, Campbell will be the reason why we lose this. It'll be because of our goaltending situation. It'll be because he has not been able to be the Jack Campbell that we signed. And that's that he's my beast. And rightfully so. I mean, the, the
0: year that he's had has been tough to say the least. Yeah. And that's an understatement. If there he knows was it too. One. He knows it too. But oh, yeah, a fact, dude. I mean, ha- half the reason why it's gone on this long is because of the type of guy that he is, and he's so hard on himself, right? So yeah, yeah. but that's, I, true. that's true. I, I mean, I, but I fully agree with you. Like in my personal opinion, you know, game one you got to go Skinner, and if it doesn't work out, you come right, right back, back with Skinner in game Absolutely. two, man. Yep. And, and and if you want my honest, if you want my honest opinion, I I I would very firmly stick with him. Yes. I, and, and, and again, and, and like you said, unless I'm painted into a corner and maybe it's like game four and Skinner's getting just hammered again. Yeah. Okay, maybe. Yeah. But I, I'm sorry. To, to spark the
1: team or it, something.
0: It, it, Marty, we've talked about this for the past two years of the show. Like, it's now. It's yeah. go time. <laughs> it's win now. It, it, whatever adjective you want to use. It's right now yeah. because we've even gone so far as to say, Marty, if this continues, somebody, either McDavid or dry Setter is going to say, listen, right. I'm going to take, I'm going to take a look elsewhere here to see what's going on. And we've always said to a certain extent, we could see it being Drysital, just yeah. a little bit more as character, so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, wanting, wanting out of the shadow, you know, a little yeah. bit of this, more of the spotlight on himself type of deal. So, you know. Holland's done everything that, that he can do. He hasn't yes. got yep. what is arguably his horse. Yeah, You know, the, the, the goaltending has stabilized in the way of, I think you've got something in Skinner and I mean like a, an every, an everyday playoff goaltender Skinner. Yep. Um, again, Edmonton fans will push five times five to the side for Mr. Campbell. For now. Yeah. We'll deal with that. We'll deal with that when we when we gotta deal with it. And if we need him that bad in the playoffs, we'll bring him in. Happy he's been playing better of late, but I mean that that's the sample size goes back to when he was a leaf the second half of that season. Uh-huh. So it, it's it's been about a year and a half here of up and down, up and down with Campbell, and that's hard to take it from a fantasy standpoint,
1: let alone real life. So yeah, you know. He another he's where he should be, yeah. And another good move that Holland did though was re-signing Stuart Skinner to three years uh, in uh, in 2022. Mm-hmm. I think it was in September. So at the very least, 2. six. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. And it, like that's, I, I gotta give it it's to a good him. Move. This year, that's a good move. Ken Holland has really fixed a lot of the issues that he created for himself. He dug his own hole, but he absolutely dug himself out. It's not his fault that Jack Campbell didn't pan out. It wasn't the wrong signing. That was the right signing. Jack Campbell at 5.5 at the time made sense. And everybody, maybe not everybody, I was absolutely on board with it. I I still feel like there's a chance for Jack Campbell to actually be that goalie. There is. Absolutely. There's still time for it. Not this year. It's all mental. It's all mental. Give him another full season next year. If after next year we're seeing the exact same thing, then obviously at that point where it's going to feel a little bit like, man, this is probably a really shitty contract. But again, not Ken Holland's fault. Sometimes these contracts just don't fall out. Sometimes you got to look at the player. so But I got to give it to Ken Holland this year. He has fixed a lot of his own issues. Again, self-inflicted, but at least he went out and he did the right moves. He got rid of that first-round pick, got himself the Matias Eklund, which... Again, with his contract, now we've got years of service out of him. These are smart moves. So, and re-signing Stewart Skinner. These are all really good moves. He's done the right things to position the Oilers in the right place for the foreseeable future. So, good on him. He's done everything he could to keep McDavid and and Drysaddle happy and where they are. Nuge, I believe, also re-signed under Ken Holland as well in long term. So, that's another good signing. Uh, Zach Hyman came over during his tenure. So, these are good moves. So, um, I'm, for now, I'm taking most of it back. Um, reserve my right to change my mind anytime. I am a hockey fan, after all. <laughs> but, anyways, um, yeah, that's my beauties and the beast, Jack Campbell. There you go. Go, Edmonton. <laughs> and let's not go, Florida. <laughs> a little bit. I like Florida.
0: Uh, I like them, but I just don't want them to do well on high pick. Anyway, that's okay. Uh, that's okay. Wish you the, the best of luck, but at the same time, there you have it. Episode 8. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at 2 guys, Ali, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at 2 Or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at 2 That's the number 2, followed by G A L A G.